Welcome to another edition of The Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Our SEC preview continues with a guest I have been trying to get on for a while. Our, our schedules just never worked out perfectly, but now was a great excuse to get her on. It's Coach Yo, the head coach at Ole Miss, hired this summer after a successful five-year run at Jacksonville. If you don't know Coach Yo, uh, she is one of a kind, uh, a high-energy, enthusiastic coach and person that is, I've really gotten a chance to know a little bit over the last few years. And and one thing I know about her is that she's she's unafraid. She is willing to have tough conversations. So um, for a podcast, if, and if you've listened, you know this. I pride myself on on asking different questions and getting into places that maybe people haven't explored before. I'm going to ask Coach Joe some questions that I'm really really interested to hear her thoughts behind all those. We'll get into her Ole Miss team, the success she had at Jacksonville that led her to this new job, and uh, this one will be. Uh, a very unique one uh, amongst other unique episodes. So we'll get her on the phone here and get right to it. This is The Jump Around. And we are back on The Jump Around, and as promised... Someone who I've been wanting to get on here for a while, but fits perfectly into our SEC preview. It is the new head coach at Ole Miss, Coach Yo, most affectionately known as Yolette McPhee McHugh. And Coach, I appreciate you so much for, for joining me this morning. I, As I tend to do, we will certainly cover your team, but I, I want to get back first off. You're a mid-30s-year-old tiny woman who has taken this women's basketball world by storm. And I just want to know, I mean, did you ever envision being here when you know you look back and you're at Portland or you're at Miami-Dade Community College? I mean, yeah. in, in your wildest dreams, did you imagine it'd be here? Well, thanks, Blake. First of all, I want to just make a public announcement that I am extremely excited to be on the jump around. I, I'm an avid listener, and I love you more. Um, as far as, you know, did I think I would be here, you know, I'm saying this in the most humbling way, absolutely, you know, my, it was a goal of mine to coach at the highest level possible, at the collegiate level, because a uh, personal goal is to be a Final Four coach, and um, in order to do that, you know, you have to be in a pretty good situation, not saying you have to be at a Power Five, but just look at the past and who's been able to do it. Um, it's been power five schools predominantly on the women's side. Um, and just growing up, watching some of the legends that are no longer in coaching and are no longer here, you know, with the Van, Van Chancellors and the Pat Summit, Sue Gunner, um, you know, these are coaches that I grew up watching and admiring. And so just um, I'm definitely appreciative uh, to be the youngest coach in the SEC and um, have an opportunity to be here um, at Ole Miss. Well, you you got there due to your work at Jacksonville, a program who had won 20-plus games just two years and then 
you'd go ahead and do that three straight years, go to the NCAA tournament for the first time, postseason those final three years at, at a place that's had no success, and uh, you're, yeah. you're and and you're taking over an Ole Miss program, and again we'll we'll get into Ole Miss, but um, I guess it's a it's a good prelude that you you've got experience taking over a team that's kind of at the bottom and, and doesn't know where to go um, at Jacksonville when hey resources are limited, it is a lot tougher to do that at yeah. the lower Division One level. I mean, and this is such a basic question, I hate that, but I mean, how do you do that? Well, um, same way I'm going to do it here. I mean, you have to sell a vision, and you have to get people that believe in the vision. And um, and then you have to establish a culture and, and fight for it daily. And that is definitely a challenge in today's time. And the way you know, the business has gone, the sport of women's basketball at the collegiate level is gone. You know, there are unique challenges um, <clears throat> that we have that maybe they other coaches didn't have even 10 years ago. Um, so, you know, we, when I took over Jacksonville, you know, I got a staff that believed in me and that wanted to grow with me. And, uh, <clears throat> and an administration, I was lucky to have an administration that believed in me and wanted to grow with me and and gave me an opportunity to, to sell that dream, you know, to, to others and student-athletes. And uh, we were able to bring in a lot of, actually, a lot of transfers from the FCC and other Power 5 conferences and, and use that and have success with it. One of the, the mantras that stuck with you at Jacksonville that I know you've, you've carried on at Ole Miss is no ceilings. And for... Yes. Uh, anyone who follows you on social media, that's that's a, that's something you're going to see a lot. But for people who don't know, this is the first time they've heard no ceilings. Uh, what does it mean to you? Where did it come from? Uh, just tell us about that. Yeah, no ceilings. I uh, was birthed when I was an assistant coach at Clemson. Uh, one of my players said, Coach, you know what? You're getting ready to be a head coach. And uh, her name is Nikki Dixon. <laughs> and she told me that... Um, she said, well, what's going to be your saying? Because other head coaches have saying, <laughs> what's going to be yours? And I said, well, Nikki, I hadn't thought about that. I'm not a head coach right now. She said, well, I got one for you. And I said, well, what do you have? And she said, it's no ceilings. And uh, she said, because I promise you, every time I think I've done a good job, there's more than I can do. <laughs> you remind me that there's more than I can do. Uh, and so that means, like, this guy's the limit. Um, and I and I love that because that is how I function, and that's how I live my life daily. And so I took it with me. And the reason why I don't ever change, I know a lot of teams change their their mantra, their mottos every year, but I don't change it because it's the way I live. I really believe in it. Why change it? Is it's going to be the same every year? Like we we don't want to be limited we want to reach the highest heights so no ceilings just fits uh, me and the expectations i have in everything that i'm a part of mm, well well you take over an Ole Miss team that just hasn't been very good uh last year the the bottom kind of fell out they won one conference game and just uh really struggled to get things going you, you take over the job and there's a mass exodus of, of those players. And I'm always curious about when that happens, because on one hand, it's like, man, a, a bad team lost their 
better players. Now what? But then on the other hand, with you coming in, I don't know, maybe maybe it's a it's a positive because you really do get to, you know, help establish your culture because you had to bring in and replace those kids. And so a lot of these players that are on the roster are your kids, quote unquote. Um, I, I guess for you, what's it like when you come in and say, man, we don't even have enough to scrimmage. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, that's a great question because when I when I came in, the job had been vacant for a month um, <clears throat> for whatever reason. But when I got the job, uh, the young ladies from the team, they were on their way out, yep. you know, um, in the business. If there's a vacancy or a coach loses their job, it's like free market, yeah, yeah. but it's like a black market. <laughs> um, so there's a lot going on sure. behind closed doors mm-hmm. as soon as the information hits the waves. And so could you imagine what was going on for a whole month? Sure. And so by the time I got here and met the team, they received me with open arms. It was great. Um, but uh, that lasted for about 48 hours <laughs> so, because, uh, like I said, the deals were already made, kids yeah. were already on their way out, yeah. um, and that is nothing against the young ladies. I am an advocate, actually, for people have to have an opportunity to start fresh. Yep. If there is a coaching change, yep. um, I've always been that way and I still believe in it. And so, um, I tried to retain a, a couple of them, uh, but I was unsuccessful and, and I'm a half glass full type person. So for me, yes, we lost, um, not, I think we had eight players. We yeah. lost eight players. Um, and I and I was challenged to not only hire staff but put together a roster in less than six weeks. Um, but I look at a half glass full as a challenge. You know, here's the thing: when you take over a program, I don't care unless it's unless it's a really successful program. But if you take care over a program that is not doing well, um, there is going to be about two, three years of just cleaning up yep. and basically bringing in your guys and trying to mesh with their guys and the whole nine. You know, people say, oh, everyone's my kids. And yes, that is true. But you're bringing in a new culture. It's a new era. There are going to be some differences and some things that need to be ironed out. Yeah. Uh, fortunately for me, I don't have to do that much of, uh, you know, as far as like cleaning up the roster or trying to get those kids to buy in to me and what I'm doing. The ones that stayed, they're bought in. You get what I'm saying? Um, And the ones that left, I enjoyed my week of spending time with them because Mm. what people don't understand is when I got the job, we had the recruiting period, so I I went and visited like each almost ninety percent of the players. I went to their homes and visited with mm. their parents, um, not to beg them to stay, but just to get them to understand who I am, sure. so that if they chose to stay, they would know what they're getting themselves into. Sure. Uh, so that took about a week's time, and then we had our recruiting cycle. So then I went recruiting. 
Then I had to hire a staff, <laughs> which I intentionally took my time with, and I'm glad that I did. Yeah. But I had to hire. I had to hire a staff, and then while I was doing that, I had to. Um, I had to move my family. There was a lot going on, and then we get, and then I get hit with exams. Well, according to the NCAA, once it's exam week, I can't meet with the girls. Mm. So I really, it really wasn't a situation that set me up for success yeah. to have the opportunity to even try to retain those girls yeah. because of the time. Um, so, you know, we, we allowed them to leave, and I wish them all the best. I had positive interactions with all of them. And then the ones that stayed, I promised them that I was going to go and work my butt off to get some players here that can help them. Um, have an enjoyable season, and I feel like we were able to do that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what what a summer. What a summer. <laughs> That's a mouthful, right? It's <laughs> <That is> a lot. <laughs> well, I, I do want to talk about two of the players that were on the team last year. Um, one of them is in Shandrika Shesham, who's been, when, yeah. when healthy, she's been all SEC level of play. Uh, and then another player who didn't play, she redshirted last year, but Mimi Reed, those are two pretty talented kids. I just kind of, and with you just saying, you know, hey, they stayed, therefore they are bought in. Uh, is it, do you find that it's helpful that you do have two people who, you know, who know, at least know the school and kind of know how things work? Does, does it help to have them on board uh, in addition to all these newcomers? Well, here's the thing. I just enjoy um, having everybody. I mean, Shandrika is definitely ultra-talented. She tore ACL, like you said, and so she's on her way back. She's not fully cleared yet. Okay, okay. And then Mimi, Mimi was injured as well. Yep. So Mimi tore her Achilles. Yep. Um, so these are two. This is one young lady that hasn't played in that CC game, and then one that, uh, in my mind, if she comes back full strength, has an opportunity to be a pro. And so, um, you know, they, they, it just, it's just been great. Having them stick around and, and stay and and buy in because it's new. Yeah, it's new for everybody. Um, if you paid attention to how I put the roster together, I went um, and had an opportunity to have one of my former players, Lakara yep. uh, Salter, yep. and that knows me better than anybody else because she played for me and she's been around me, and so. Um, if anybody has been a great help with the transition, mm. it has been her. Yeah, and she has now, some SEC uh, experience. She, yeah, I mean, she knows the SEC. She knows Coach O. And trust me, the players use her as a great resource. <laughs> 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 so I was asking her, like, hey, how's Coach going to handle this? What's she going to yeah. do with this? And um, if you've met with Karen, she has no problem being the voice uh, when it comes to stuff like oh, that. That's so, great. You know, she, she's been great, and, and the whole environment has been great. But what I was going to say is the way I put together the roster, like, let's just face it, I got it late. There is no way I was going to be able to sign, like, a bunch of All-Americans and stuff like that. So I uh, went with young women that I knew and I felt comfortable with, and then I threw in a couple fifth-year transfers with that, you know, um, and um, so that we can – in the 19, 20, and 21 class, really go at it, really have time to develop relationships 
uh, more so the 20 and 21 class, uh, we would have, I think, a fair shot to recruit and um, really target and go after young ladies that we think that can help us mm. move up um, in the SEC. Sure, yeah. Well, one thing, and you kind of alluded to it with, you know, LaCaris knowing Coach Yo. if anyone doesn't know you, um, energetic, enthusiastic, all these words apply uh, and apply very well. And something I wanted to ask you that's a little bit on the deeper side of things, you're, you're the first black woman to be the head coach, um, the women's basketball head coach at Ole Miss. Um, yeah. You're in a state of Mississippi that is ripe with, you know, racism and a lot of just a nasty past. And right. I'm, I've got, I've got a lot of questions, so I want to make sure I ask them in order and, and don't get out of sync here. Um, so I guess I'll start with just, is that, is it, was that lost on you or is that something you realize? Is that something you embrace if you have realized it? Because that is, I mean, it, it's crazy that it's 2018 and you're the first one, but you are. And uh, I think that there's something, there's a greater, there's a greater message in there, um, deep in there. I just wonder if, if you've thought about that at all. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, that's a great question. Again, here's the thing. Um, In my short time being here, I've had to educate myself on the history of Mississippi um, because uh, we people, coaches, use it against us in recruiting. Sure. Okay? And so it is used against us, the history of, of our state. And so I've had to educate myself because I'm living here every day and the people have been fantastic. And when I talk to my players, um, even Chandrika and Mimi and the past players and Cece, they've had positive experiences throughout their career. So I can admit that at first I was a bit naive because I didn't, I didn't understand, Mm. um, you know, the way that it would be used against us in the negative light yeah. in the recruiting field. Uh, but since doing my, my history <laughs> um, and, and my studying, the SEC, the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, if you really look deeply, all has had to battle with racial situations in their past. It's mm. the South. Sure. Okay, so let's go back to American history, U.S. history. It's the South, the Confederate. These are the Confederate states. So, you know, as much as people want to try to just blame Mississippi, you know, if you you go back and you do your research, there is not one SEC school that has not had a nasty past when it comes to race and race relations. Okay, so that's first of all. Now, moving forward, in 2018, um, Ole Miss is one of the most intentional, and uh, uh, they understand what the past was, and they have been very aggressive in changing the narrative, changing the way people think about um, the University of Mississippi. Uh, we have our diversity level is is up in comparison to the other SEC schools. I mean, uh, we're we're probably top two in the diversity level. Mm. Our administration 
is very um, intentional and forward-thinking and inclusive, not only to just black, but diversity, period, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we make no, and it's not a secret. It's not a secret. The right. programs that we have, that the university has in place, um, even if your master's program, if you're a minority, you know, you can, and I think, uh, I think if you're from Mississippi and you're a minority, they pay for you to get, I think it's your PhD, your PhD. If, if you've gotten your master's, they pay for you to get your PhD. Pretty cool. You know, they're, uh, yeah, I mean, there's incredible, our, our, our university is so forward thinking. And so when people use that against us, it's sad because, I mean, like, let's just be honest. Let's just turn on CNN. You know, the last racial things you've been seeing haven't been in the state of Mississippi. Uh, that is very true. <laughs> that know? is very true. <laughs> let's really, if we're going to really just look at this yeah. uh, for what it is, I mean, it's all over the world. Yeah. So am I saying that we don't have people that are not pro-inclusion uh, and pro-diversity? Probably. But I can tell you, uh, for me and my family, that just happens to be black, we have had no issues, no problems. It has been great. Um, the people have embraced us. And, and that is why I've been tweeting a lot and saying, don't tell me what you've heard. Tell me what you saw. Yeah. You know, come see for yourself. Yeah. We can't change the pathway. Yeah. But, um, we, you know, we were one of the first schools to condemn the Confederate flag. We do not hang the Confederate flag at our university. And really, when we get attacked on a racial point, it's because we're so pro-diversity mm. and inclusion that the people that are against it come to Oxford to yeah. protest and make that known. So, you know, I'm glad you asked that because I really needed to get that out there. Yeah. You know, we have a past, but presently that is not, um, you know, what we stand for and what we're about here at the University yeah. of Mississippi. Awesome. Well, yeah, I am someone who used to live in Mississippi, uh, you know, not aware of some of that stuff um, as far as, as what the school has to offer and whatnot. So, uh, a really interesting answer. Yes. Um, I want to stay on the same track if you if you will allow me to. Um, okay. Something else, and I, I guess you kind of made me wonder if this is used against you in recruiting as well. You Again, you are enthusiastic. You are energetic. I mean, you, you, you're not afraid to get after it. You're, you're not going to be sitting in your seat during games. I mean, you're, you're on the sideline. You are coaching. And when you look around, uh, especially Division One women's basketball, you know, it's no mystery the, the number of black head coaches, male or female, but, you know, black female head coaches are low. Um, and one yeah. of the, and one of the knocks you hear behind closed doors, cause no one's you know actually willing to say this face to face, but they'll say, Oh, you know, they're, they're black women. They're too emotional. They're, they're too, they, you know, they don't, they, they let everything get clouded. They're just, you know, they get, they're just too excited. They're too loud. And I wonder for you, is there a balance at all? Because you've been very forward about saying, I want to inspire black women to be head coaches. I want to go to the final four. Like you already said this morning, I wonder, is there a balance at all? Does that concern you at all? Do you hear those whispers at all? I just, I just am really interested how it affects you because you and I both know those whispers do go around closed doors. 
Yeah, I mean, here, here, here's the thing. One thing that I learned at a young age was to not really listen to whispers or allow naysayers to cloud me, okay? I am unique. I, I don't know that there's another person like me. I think that that's what makes me different. And, and to be honest with you, like, you either, you, you either love me or you hate me. There's no in between. Okay, <laughs> um, but um, at the same time, although you know I'm open and you know I'm charismatic, um, I'm very I have a tight circle, so a lot of people don't know me. You know, it's amazing when I talk to coaches or I hear from my assistants talk to coaches and they say, "Yeah, I know yo." Well, that's not really factual. You really don't know me because. You don't spend time with me. I never talk to you. So, you know, I don't even understand. You know what, you, what you've heard. You know what you assume or what you see. Mm. Um, and so, and, and then that's okay. You get what I'm saying? And really, Blake, I want to correct you. I'm not about opening opportunities for black women. I am about opening opportunities for women, period. It just so happened that I'm black. Sure, fair enough. Um, so... Obviously, the numbers are low, and so would love to see it, because it was funny when you said the first black head coach, I said, well, shoot, that's, uh, that, that, that's not a shock anymore. There are a lot of places that Fair. have that is uh, very the first true. black head That is coach. very true. That is very <laughs> it true. It just so happened that it's in Mississippi, you know, when you really think if, about yeah, it. It like, fits the narrative, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's sit back. I was the first black head coach at Jacksonville, <laughs> even, so um, I've done a lot of firsts. Uh, but I'm just who I am, and I'm unapologetic about it because I know that I'm a good person. I mean, well, I am a, I'm a feminist. I am an advocate for women. I do love to see women succeed. You know, I, I was rooting for Notre Dame, okay, because they had a female head coach. That's just me, and that is um, the, the coaches that I came up under, and, you know, I just have a respect and a passion for growing the game because women are playing. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it hurts me when I hear young women say they don't want to play for a female coach. You know, that kills me because the only reason why they're saying it is because one, maybe they had a bad experience or two, they don't see it enough, mm. you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, this is coaching is who I am is what I do. It's not who I am. Blake, and so um, I am going to fight uh, for, the, for the growth of the game, just like Agnes Baranato, um, my former boss has, and Pat Summit, and, you know, some of the other greats have. I, I'm going to fight for the game. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously there's a balance in anything, you know. I mean, here's what I hate. I hate that Serena Williams. Um, was said to be angry and out of control, and then, you know, you have another tennis player, and that's not the case. Yeah. You know, that that's unfair. I think women, period, get a bad rap. Yes. Uh, for it, uh, but you know, I intend to to change the narrative for that and blaze my own trail. And I'm not sure what that book's going to look like, but <laughs> so, you know, I think if you're going to be in coaching, you have to develop tough skin. Yeah. And I, and I have that. Yes. And I have a great um, support group. 
with at the head of my husband that just really encourages me to stay authentic and stay me. And actually, I have a lot of head coaches that are phenomenal, and I thank them, uh, like Tasha Adair, Delaware, Felicia Legette, uh, Buffalo, uh, Jack, um, Carol Ross, that, that just pour into me and breathe life into me and uh, mentor me. And, and one thing that they always tell me is that I, I just don't need to change. Sue Samurai, you know, they don't want me to change. Yo, you need to, this is you. This is your lane. You stay in it. You be apologetic, unapologetic about it. Mm. And so, and that, <clears throat> that's what I intend to do. Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you're someone that's, yeah, I, I, it's, I, you know, you know what I feel about you. You know how uh, the level of respect yeah. I have for you. So it's just uh, that was fun. I felt like I, I forgot I was uh, the host of this podcast. I was just, I was listening to you, and then I was like, oh wait, I've got to f- I ask another question. About it now <laughs> because I'm passionate about it. Yeah. And hopefully that's what people hear because I am passionate about it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's get back to your team uh, so people can know a little okay. bit about you guys. You've got a Tough schedule, uh, to say the least. Uh, you uh, hey, who schedule this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. If uh, if you aren't aware, schedules are made about two years in advance. So just keep that yeah. in mind, everyone. Uh, you get a nice trip to the Virgin Islands, and then are greeted by UConn, Purdue, and St. John's. <laughs> so that's nice. Uh, yeah. And then you get yeah. get home and play TCU, and then you guys actually have a couple of of quote unquote mid majors in there in Temple, Western Michigan, Troy that are are tough. So. Um, your your first year, you got your new team. You've got this tough schedule. Uh, what does yeah. I don't know about expectations or goals or anything like that, but just yeah, what is looking forward? What are we looking at? What at the end of it all? Yeah. You know, what does it mean that we had a success, uh, successful season? Right for someone that has turned over and, and built a program from the ground up, um, I can tell you um, we're not focused on expectations this year. We're focused on standards. Okay. You know, and uh, and we, my staff and I, we've already set them. And we, like, we want to play hard. You know, we want to be tough. Uh, we want to be competitive. We want to look like we want to have fun out there. And so those are standards that we're not going to bend on. Um, as far as the, the schedule is concerned, I mean, it, uh, yes, it is an extremely tough schedule. Um uh, I, I, I joked with my um, AD and SWA. I said, well, you guys waited until I signed the contract to tell me I was playing UConn, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so here's, here, here's the thing. Anyone that follows women's basketball, I'm not talking about the people that just show up and tweet something so that they can feel relevant. Anybody that follows women's basketball knows that there is a starting point. And the way I look at it, Blake, the only way we can go is up from here. And so as far as my team's concerned, if you come to watch us play, we're going to compete. We're going to play hard. Um, we're going to look like we've been coached, and we're going to look like there's a system in place. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. you see us, you will be able to say, wow. I don't know what you would say, but you may say, gosh, <laughs> They don't have a lot of talent right now, but boy, they play hard. And when the talent comes in, it's going to be scary. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 
And that is what I want people to see. Uh, and so, you know, are we going to win a game? I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. Are we going to win games in the future? I can guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now we're just we're just um, focusing on that establishing that culture. And I really, really want desperately for Shandrika, for CC, for LeCaris, for Crystal to have a great experience their senior year. Because to me, that is what it's about. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when I was given the job, uh, when I got the job, my question on the interview was, what does success look like in stages? And I can tell you, in stage one, not one time they talked about wins. Hmm. Not one time they talked about, you know, being in the NCAA tournament. Um, they talked about establishing a culture. They talked about setting a standard. They talked about engaging the community. And so if we're going to talk about wins, that's what wins will look like for me uh, this year and for our team. Now, will we win some because of it? I hope. If not, like, check up on me because I may be <laughs> – I'm a sore loser. Uh, but, but, but I've done this before, so I have perspective. Sure. And anything worth having takes time. Yeah. And so – that's my perspective on the whole situation. Um, that's great. That's awesome. Well, uh, I'll get you out here on this. Um, I know you do uh, a, a plenty of stuff on social media. So, um, and you yeah. also and you also have uh, a podcast you guys have been doing too uh, at Ole Miss. So, the no feelings. Yep, no feelings podcast. So, I just want to give you a chance to kind of plug your stuff. If people, you know, again, don't know you, haven't heard of you, and now they listen and go, "Oh, I, that's someone I want to," you know, I want to keep up with. Nice. Uh, where can they find you? You know, where can they listen to you? All that stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. The No Feelings Podcast is on iTunes, um, SoundCloud, uh, Google, whatever. And um, usually I tweet it. You could follow me at uh, Coach Yo on Twitter. Um, and you'll let me tune on Facebook. And you will be able to find the podcast because I usually post them. And uh, I'm pretty interactive on Twitter. And, and um, I can tell you this. You know, one thing that's cool, when you hear people talk about successful programs, the most intriguing stories are the ones that were there from the beginning. Like, I'm usually never concerned. I remember two years ago, like, I went to Gino's practice, and um, I sat there and I watched the practice, and I was blown away. And afterwards, I never asked him about his present time. I never asked him about his team. I asked him about what it took to get there and who was around, who made that possible. Because if you're an avid learner or if you're trying to build something or do something special, it is important to know from the beginning stages. And so I invite everybody to join us. I'm pretty transparent. As you can tell, if you couldn't tell, I'm very energetic. Um, I'm going to share stuff. You know, if we get our butt whooped, I'm going to talk about it. There's no reason in this day and age to be secretive about a process. And so, um, you know, Blake, I hope five years from now, once you have to jump around, I mean, I may still be a little peon, but if I get back on here, we'll be talking about, uh, you know, what type of feelings I'm going to try to break at that point. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, you know, I am rooting for that. And um, I'm certainly supportive of you and your success. Uh, I really appreciate your your time and your openness and your willingness uh, to talk about stuff that most people wouldn't be. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And you know, I'll be following you guys and, and we'll be we'll be touching base before the end of the season. But but seriously, best of luck to you in your first year and, and all the success to you. and your team. Thank you so much. And howdy time. Well, thank you again to Coach Yo, the head women's basketball coach at Ole Miss. I really appreciate her time. And uh, one thing I really uh, love about her is her transparency and honesty. And we, we got both of those today. And I am, uh, am grateful for her for bringing those things. Thank you for listening as always. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you listen to us on iTunes, if you could leave us a rating and a, and a review, that'd be really helpful. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Blake Dudonis with your thoughts and comments. And I sincerely appreciate every one of you guys for listening. Until next time, this is The Jump Round.